Six months in, and what have we learned about COVID-19 and children? Are their symptoms different? Are children as likely to get infected as older people? And if infected, can they shed the virus and make others sick? And how likely are children to get a severe illness? Stay tuned to this Don't Miss special pandemic episode of Portable Practical Pediatrics to find out the answers to these questions. Welcome to Portable Practical Pediatrics, a podcast for parents and families, a place dedicated to children and their well-being. And now, direct from Studio 1E in Charlotte, North Carolina, here's your host, Dr. Paul Smolin. Six months into the U.S. phase of the pandemic, and there are so many questions regarding COVID-19 as it relates to children. Research into vaccines and therapies for adults have been the focus of the daily headlines, probably because so few children have died of the direct infection. Clearly, age is the biggest risk factor for severe disease. But research is starting to roll in about the role children play in this pandemic. Just because research in children has been sparse to date doesn't mean that this age group is unaffected by SARS-CoV-2. In the following PEDCAST, I'm going to lay out some of the key questions researchers are asking and, when possible, give you their answers as we know them today. But remember, I am recording this PEDCAST in September 2020, and things can change, so stay tuned and tune in regularly for updates. I'll do my best to make you the best informed parent in the room. So here are a few of the questions that need answers. Question number one, can children get infected with SARS-CoV-2? And if so, do they shed virus that can make others sick? Well, we don't have to dig too hard into the literature or the news to find an answer to the first part of this question. We've all seen universities closing down rapidly after just a few weeks of opening due to clusters of COVID-19 among their students and staff. The University of North Carolina, in my home state, being one of the first in the United States to experience this. Similar outbreaks have been seen now in many other universities and even high schools, the most famous of which was in Israel in June of 2020, where one ill student seemed to have started a cluster that rapidly spread through the school to the other students and faculty. And it is not hard to understand how this happens, since we now know that a person infected with SARS-CoV-2 sheds the virus the day before they get sick, during their illness, and for a few weeks after recovery, similar to most other viral infections. Additionally, We now know that after age two years, the young preschool and elementary school children have fewer symptoms that indicate illness. This fact makes identifying COVID-19 in children very difficult. More on that in a minute. And finally, as far as shedding of the virus, uh, the news here is not good. Recent studies have shown that even though young children are unlikely to get seriously ill from SARS-CoV-2, they can shed... Uh, and possibly pass on uh, 10 times to 100 times the amount of virus in their nasal secretions than adults with severe illness. 
young children, and COVID-19 may indeed be the generators of community spread like they are for so many other respiratory viruses. Some epidemiologists even go as far as surmise that the biggest contributor to the flattening of the curve that we saw last spring didn't come from social distancing uh, among adults, but rather from the closure of schools. Question number two, how likely are children to get a severe case of COVID-19 that leads to death? Well, this is an interesting one. I think the Chinese answered this question for us before COVID-19 even reached our shores. Children are much, much, much less likely to get severe illness than adults. Thank goodness. Severe infections in children are possible, but not likely. If infected, children usually get mild illness. And of those children who do go on to hospitalization, as you might expect, a disproportionate number have underlying other health problems like obesity, underlying lung disease, or a history of prematurity. And for reasons that are not fully understood, however, children of certain ethnic groups have a higher chance of severe illness than others. According to the CDC, African American and Hispanic children are at the most risk for severe illness. More on that topic when I interview integrative pediatrician Dr. Chris Magrida on an upcoming podcast. You don't want to miss that one. I'm sure you will find what he says fascinating and informative. Question number three. Are children drivers of community spread with SARS-CoV-2 like they are with influenza? Well, in answering question number one, I told you that children do indeed shed a lot of virus from their noses when infected with SARS-CoV-2, just like they do with other viruses, making it possible that they may indeed be generators of community spread. Some epidemiologists even go as far as to surmise that the biggest contributor to the flattening of the curve that we saw last spring didn't come from social distancing, but rather from the closure of schools. Common sense would tell us that shedding virus is synonymous with spreading illness and being infectious. We are waiting for a definitive answer and evidence on this point before coming to the final conclusion. Contact tracing has determined that adult-to-child spread is common, but not the other way around for some reason. Personally, I believe that adult-to-children spread happens often, but it is often not recognized since the illness in the child is so mild that testing is not indicated or done, and therefore the, the spread is not recognized. Question number four. Do children have different symptoms with COVID-19 than adults do? Well, here is where things that we are learning are getting interesting. American and British public health experts have created a COVID symptom app that anyone can download and help the world answer this and other questions swirling around COVID-19. To date, they have enrolled 300,000 children whose parents report their uh, children's symptoms when infected with COVID-19. Here's what they found. Children have some overlap of symptoms with adult sufferers of COVID-19, but really act more like they have strep throat than a novel infection that has jumped from bats to humans just a few months ago. The most common symptoms children get with COVID-19 are headache, fatigue, sore throat, 
fever, and loss of appetite. Notice that persistent cough, loss of smell, and shortness of breath are absent from the list. If we wait for these symptoms to test children with fever, we will miss many, if not most, children who are infected. Another thing they have found in this study is that many children have skin rashes as part of their COVID-19 illness, sometimes as the first and only symptom. Okay, so let's summarize things we have learned today. Yes, children get infected with SARS-CoV-2, and yes, it is likely but not proven they can make others sick. The good news, if there is such a thing with COVID-19 pandemic, is that children over two years of age are extremely unlikely to have a severe illness with SARS-CoV-2, like adults sometimes get. There are certain groups of children who are more likely to be hospitalized or even die, but even among these subgroups of children, severe illness is rare. As far as the question of children being a reservoir of infection for the rest of the community, time will tell, and I think we will know the answer to that question by Thanksgiving of 2020, after the children have been back in school for a few months. And finally, pediatric COVID-19 is turning out to look a little different than adult COVID-19 illness. Cough, shortness of breath, and loss of smell are not common symptoms, but rather the big five for children are headache, fever, sore throat, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Well, as always, thank you for joining me today. If you think the information you get on Portable Practical Pediatrics is valuable, please take a moment to rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on social media, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you hear your review read on a future episode, contact me and I have an autographed Doxmo book, t-shirt, or a Doxmo Pearl refrigerator magnet that I will send you. This is Dr. Paul Smolin, your PeteCast host, hoping to keep your thinking straight by keeping you up to date. Until next time. I would like to thank the following people for their assistance in the production of this podcast. Dr. David Jaffe, the voice of the introduction. Robert Beezer, the composer-arranger of the intro music. Anne Gesner, my wonderful content editor. Benjamin Smolin and Jerome Moof, the talented musicians who produced this delightful theme music. Sarah Smolin and Nathaniel Horlick for their digital wizardry. And Wendy Smolin Esquire and Seth, the Rocket Man Barrister Jaffe, for their inspirational guidance. Thanks, guys. By listening to this podcast. You agree to all of the terms and conditions found at the Doxmo.com website. This Doxmo.com podcast is informational only. Dr. Smolin does not diagnose, treat, or offer specific medical advice for your child. For specific medical advice regarding your child, consult his or her health care provider.